Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Have you ever thought about the peace of Jesus? Think about it for a moment. Jesus was so cool. He is like the definition of cool. Calm. Collected. He sleeps through a storm that was so frightening that these fishermen in the boat with him, they're going across to face another thing that would just terrify me for sure, to face a madman at Gadara who's inhabited by a legion of demons that cuts himself and breaks chains and does all this stuff. And yet, here's Cool himself. Peace is in the boat. He's sleeping on a pillow with the waves crashing in. How good is the peace of Jesus? This is not just peaceful thoughts that I give unto you so that you can meditate and you can get some nice thoughts and, and, and maybe not toss and turn or, or maybe you'll be a more peaceful person. No, 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 no. My peace I give to you, but not as the world gives. In other words, there's no strings attached with this. I'm giving you something so powerful. That's why I call this message possessing your peace. Because very few people find it. Very few people can possess what he's promising here. He's not promising goosebumps and a feeling. He says, I'm going to give you my peace. The peace that, that he had when he stretched out his hand wasn't afraid to touch people with leprosy. My goodness, I wouldn't be shaking hands in a leper colony. This thing is contagious. If I get this Perhaps my skin is going to fall off. It's going to be rotted up. This is the peace that that Jesus had when he stood in front of rulers. And I'm talking about people that held the power of life and death over the citizens. And he stood up to them. Not fearful, not tossing and turning the night before. Oh, no, what am I going to do? I'm going to go before Pilate. Why Pilate? Pilate? Oh, but he's got the power of life and death, Jesus. You say the wrong thing to him, and you're gone. And he challenges Pilate. Pilate asks him all these questions. He's interrogated him. Jesus stood up to situations and to people, always full of peace. I could use some of that. I don't know where you're at, but I need the peace of God. And I know this cannot be based on a feeling, and I know that it's stronger than worry, and I know it's stronger than circumstances, and I know it's stronger than trouble. What Jesus is offering them and you is incredible. So listen to this. Dial in. I don't give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Imagine the peace of Jesus, walks on water in the middle of a storm, faces the cross, calm and collected, knew knew that there's no catch in this. I'm going to give this to you. Now this awesome, you know, I read this, I go, man, that just seems too good to be true. And most things that are too good to be true aren't true. But make up your mind. Is he true? What he says? Can you take it to the banker? Can't you? You, you? We all have to make up our mind on that one. I say this, you know, be a believer. Don't be a doubter. 
the early church was just called those who believe. They were called believers before they were called Christians. They're believers. Are you going to be a believer or not? There's no catch. It's incredible. Now, what does peace look like? Because peace, if you're going to give somebody something, you, you've got to know, well, what does it look like? It's not just a fleeting feeling after all. So Ephesians 2, listen to this verse 14, the beginning part of it. It says this. Oh, this is good. For he himself, <laughs> he himself is our peace. You see, peace is not, all, not a feeling. Peace has a face. Peace, Jesus, he wasn't talking about freedom from something. He's talking about the presence of someone. Oh, I love that. Because he's, he's, he's talking about peace is the very presence of a person. He identifies that, Paul does in Ephesians 2, that he is your peace. Now, this is even more profound than I'm leaving you with something like a hammer or, or a gun or something so that there's peace established. Now, he's talking about, I am going to give you my very presence, the very presence of a person. You see, religion leaves that bit out. Religion is good about, I leave you with an argument. I leave you with a set of rules. I, I, I'm leaving you with a theology. I'm going to leave you with your way to argue your way out of a situation so that perhaps you can get some of this stuff called peace. No, 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 no. The very presence of the very person that created it all, that rules the universe, that's in your heart, that went to the cross, that paid the price, that's the very person whose presence walks in the room in the middle of your circumstance and your situation. What are you facing that's bigger than the person of God? Well, if there is something bigger than that, my goodness, I don't know about it. The presence of Jesus, peace, the presence of a person, when he enters your situation, when Jesus entered places and, and situations, when he entered sickness and disease, there was peace, tangible peace, presence of the person was in that sick situation. When poverty was 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 prevalent. Jesus entered into that, that space called poverty and peace entered that. When there was death, death had to get raised from the dead because the presence of Jesus entered that situation. When people were rejected, they came to him. He entered that. There was peace in the middle of rejection. Whatever it is that you've got going on right now, do not let your heart be troubled. Trouble problems and difficulties. Do not be afraid, worried that something terrible, undesirable is going to occur. Do not let your hearts be troubled because the very person and the presence of the Creator and the Ruler is stepping in to your situation. You'll never know peace until you really get to know Jesus. Romans 5.1, listen to this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace. With God, how? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. He has made peace through the blood of his cross. Jesus didn't come to make you a more peaceful person. Well, I'll take a little bit of that. I, uh, I have, a, I'll have a little bit of sugar. In my, I'll have a little bit of salt. Have a, put, some sweet, put some pepper on, 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 that, on that chili. Yeah, yeah, give me a little bit of that to add to it. He's not adding to anything. 
Peace is a person, and peace is power. He came with all the power and the majesty of his presence. He comes into your situation, not afraid of it, not afraid to enter. He invites you to receive something so incredibly powerful that most people don't get it because they think it's like the world. There must be some strings attached. It's religion that teaches, oh yeah, well, there's strings attached. You've got to do 50 Hail Marys, some push-ups, and, and, and make a pilgrimage to some city or something in order to get this. No, no. He didn't come for that. Peace is power. I, I, I think about peacekeepers in the world. You know, the United Nations, they've got a peacekeeping force. Well, they're not really any good at doing it, but anyway, they're called that. But Jesus, <laughs> he's the ultimate peacekeeper. And he calls you to be a peacekeeper in your world. The peacekeeper himself comes into the situation that's troubling your heart. Peace himself, like he did in that storm when they woke him up. And they says, Lord, don't, they didn't even call him Lord. They says, don't, master, teacher, they said, do you not care that we're, we're perishing, we're going to die He's asleep. He's not worried about it. He walks on water. Come on. What are we gonna, what's going to happen? He wakes up. And he says this. Peace, be still. And all the waves, the wind, everything stopped. It was like a beautiful day on the water. Instantly. Because he is our peace. He wants to do that to your situation as well. The question is, will you let him? Or are you going to keep resisting him? So how do we possess our peace? And I'm going to race against the clock here. And if I don't succeed, I'll just do what I did last week. We'll just pick it up again. I'm not going to rush this. This is a good meal. Whether you're eating it or not, I don't know. I hope so. But, you know, you possess your peace when you know you are right with God. I said there's no strings attached, and there really isn't, but I want you to pay attention to me with this. This is a breakthrough revelation, and I hope I can get through it. If not, like I said, we'll just pick it up again because it's too important. So how do you possess the peace that I'm talking about, the peace of God? You possess peace when you know that you are right with God. Now, the word for uh, being right with God, is a it's a word that, we don't use all that much, quite frankly, but it's the word righteousness. You'll hear me use it a lot because it's such an, an important, impacting revelation. It changed my life. Righteousness is your doorway into peace. The unrighteous have no peace. In other words, they're based on their track record. They're based on how good they are. In any given moment, you're, you're weighing up, oh, am I good enough to come to church? No, I don't think I'm good enough, so I'm going to give it a miss. Oh, am I good enough too? And you can fill in the blank. And, and friend, here's the, rev- the revelation. You're never going to be good enough. I shared this with someone uh, of another persuasion just recently. In fact, he's uh, uh, one of the heads of, a, of the local mosque that was here. He was outside of our door uh, during the week. And so I thought, okay, great. You know, let's have a conversation about the difference between Islam and Christianity 
in a nutshell, you can't be good enough so God was good enough to come to you because you're not ever going to be good enough to get to God. How good do you have to be if we take the scales out and your goodness outweighs your badness? Well, what if you miss it by one good deed? Wouldn't that suck? You miss, you miss heaven. It's not based upon your goodness. Somebody said once, you can't good, good your way to God. No matter how good you are, the whole message is a gift. Righteousness is a gift. We're going to see that. He's good. God is good. He says to the rich young ruler who says, good teacher, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus' first question. I love it. This, this young guy's got it all together. He's rich. Woo, he's young. And he's, got, he's a ruler or a leader. He's got everything that the world would want except one thing. I don't know if I'm going to make it to heaven. Ha, ha. So he says to Jesus, good teacher. Jesus says, ah, why do you call me good? There's only one good, he says, and that's God. Now, Jesus wasn't saying I'm not good. He was saying, if you're going to call me that, you better acknowledge who you're talking to right now. I'm not just a teacher. I, I am truly, you're right, good teacher. I am truly the only one that can good myself to God because I am God. He who be in the, in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Why? Because he is God. Humbled himself even to the death of the cross. Goodness himself went to the cross for you. Why? So that you in him could become the righteousness. There's that word again. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21, I believe it is. He who knew no sin, he's good. He was made to be sin for you. Why? So that you could become the righteousness of of God in Christ Jesus. You're right standing. You're right to stand in peace where there is no peace. That's what righteousness is. It's your doorway into peace. But if you're unrighteous in your thinking, then you won't enter peace. You'll be tormented. You'll be full of trepidation and worry and everything else because you got you on your mind. I love uh, Isaiah 54, 14. Listen to this. In righteousness, you will be established. We talked about those shoes of peace, the Roman uh, battle boots last, last week, and, and how important it is to stand. Therefore, having done all to do, stand therefore. You, you, you lose your feet, you lose your grip, you got nothing to stand on, you're going to fall down, and people around you have to hold you up all the time. In righteousness, you will be established. Tyranny will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be removed. It will not come near you. There is no peace without righteousness. Now, there are two kinds of righteousness, and I hope to get a little bit further than this this morning, but it's okay. All good. There are two kinds of righteousness that you're walking in at any given time. And one of those kinds of righteousness is self-righteousness. <laughs> it's how good am I? How righteous am I? It's, it, you'd be, you're more aware of who you are outside of God, where you see yourself as either good or bad at any given time, and, and you judge other people as either good or bad at any given time. 
But there is another kind of righteous, self-righteousness is from the pit of hell. It's an anti-gospel message, let me put it that way. The Jews, the religious people at the time, they were constantly uh, filled with self-righteousness. They, to, in order for them, they called uh, one sect of, uh, of these Jews was called, uh, uh, they were called tumbling Pharisees. You know, we had the Pharisees. They were called tumbling Pharisees. In order not to lust after a woman, they would do somersaults. If there was a woman coming, they would just do somersaults so they could not even look at this woman. Today we got religions where they cover all the women up in black and all they got is a little thing to look through, even in the stinking hot sun and the humidity and everything. It's just, it's, it's, it's self-righteousness is, is a terrible thing. But, but, but the other kind of righteousness is the righteousness of God or God's righteousness. It's where you're more aware of God's rightness and who you are in Him. Where you see yourself as upright in God's eyes even when you don't feel like it. That's a big one. Where you see others as God sees them and loves them, even when they don't act like it. So almost every encounter, you'll see this in play, every encounter where Jesus encounters somebody, a woman caught in the very act of adultery. They're saying, stoner! Jesus kneels down, writes in the dirt, and says, okay, now, which of you guys haven't sinned? You go ahead, throw the first stone. They all dropped their stones and walked away. Their self-righteousness didn't cover. God's, God's righteousness is far above that. I think about the banquet. Going to the, the righteous, self-righteous people aren't showing up. What are we going to do, Jesus? The big table prepared. Go and invite all the other people. Go to the highways, the byways. I think about Mary Magdalene when she pours out a whole year's worth of wages, whatever your wages, think about that's how much that perfume costs. She pours that on Jesus' feet. Now here's a woman that had a whole bunch of demons. She didn't deserve that. Her track record of self-righteousness was dismal. She failed the test. But she knew, this is not my righteousness from which I stand. So how do you see yourself right now? Bad or beautiful? And I'll you men in the, on that. Fallen or forgiven? What, what is keeping you from peace today? It's, it's not somebody else that's keeping you from peace today. This is a big one. Take a deep breath on this. Come on. Everybody inhale. Get ready for this. It's not somebody else and it's not your circumstances that is keeping you from peace today. It is you. Yes, you. You have not made the decision to receive what God says about you, that you are righteous in Him. It's you that's keeping that. Righteousness is this. It's the ability. It's the right to stand in God's presence based upon what Jesus did, the finished work of Jesus. Not you. That's why there's no strings attached. When you stand in Him, He stands in you. He stands in you in the middle of those circumstances that are causing you worry and fear and torment. Righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence in God. He's, he's you. He's in you in your storm. Righteousness is God standing in you when you can't stand. God spoke this to me the other day, waking up, so I thumbed it in my, my iPhone. 
He said this, he said, the cornerstone of Christianity is Christ standing in me when I can't stand. Oh, come on. The cornerstone of Christianity is Christ. That's not his surname, by the way. It's the Spirit of God, the Christos. It's the Spirit of God standing in me when I can't stand. The, 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 I, I want to get into this, but man, like I, I just know that I, I can't rush this. This won't be good for you. <laughs> but the words peace and righteousness go together. The two words, they just belong together. They're, they're two acts that, that belong together. I, I, listen to this, Psalm 85:10. Listen to this. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Isn't that good? The relationship between peace and righteousness, between receiving that gift of peace and righteousness, they go together, they have kissed each other. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace. There you go again, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 12, 11, listen to this. Now, no chastening seems joyful for the present, but nevertheless, afterwards it yields peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Whenever you lose your peace, don't look at a person. We're good at blaming people for everything. It's because of our government. No, not really. Jesus had a pretty bad government in power when he was walking the earth. Paul bad government. All the disciples, bad enough that they all were martyred except for John. He got to break up rocks on an island. Whenever you lose your peace, there's one place to look and ask the question and stop. What was it that pierced my heart? Because there's a breastplate called righteousness. Ask yourself, if you've lost your peace, Go back and say and ask yourself, where did unrighteousness penetrate my armor, my heart? The breastplate of righteousness is to cover your heart because it's out of your heart flows the issues of your life. Peace and righteousness, they kiss each other. They go together. I... I Often, if I'm, if I'm feeling worried and anxious and, and, and troubled, or even if fear is knocking at my door, I've got to stop and go, wait a minute. I, I've, I'm the righteousness of God. Therefore, He is standing on the inside of me in the middle of the circumstance. I'm not denying the circumstance. The circumstance could be real. But I'm acknowledging the presence of the person that created the universe that went to the cross that is so powerful. He's called the Almighty. He's on the inside of me. Am I bringing him into that presence of that problem? If the answer is no, then it's because of righteousness. I can't boldly approach the throne of grace in time of need because I'm back on self-righteousness. And so peace is a breastplate and if it gets past that shield of faith, whatever's not of faith is sin, has to be repented of. And the fiery dart of the wicked one 
gets into my heart. He gets my righteousness. He gets my peace. Whenever you lose your peace, look at where you lost your righteousness. The big question of peace is this. I'm going to close with this. Am I standing in me on my own or in Him? My own ability or His? Because when He gives me peace, the doorway into accessing that or possessing it, title of this message, is through right standing, the right to stand. I'm going to close with this. Well, I don't want to, but I have to. The work of righteousness, it says in Isaiah 32, 17, the work of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Oh, God is so good. God, God is so good. We're out of time, but God is so good. God is good enough to give me what I don't deserve with no strings attached. There is no catch to this. It's a gift, and righteousness is a gift. Everything that God gives you is a gift. You don't have to sit through something and, and, and perform something, and there's no catch to it. He just says, just believe, only receive. So I wonder right now, you'd close your eyes and just bow your head. What have you been worried about? Don't, don't speak it out loud. <laughs> Some of you guys would, would take a whole book and be in hours. What are you worried about right now? Are you facing that with or without Him? And what about you and your track record? Oh, it's not all that good and Yeah, the devil's got some fiery darts that pierce the armor that covers your heart called righteousness. He got in there somehow. The solution, it's in 1 John 1, 9. We're not going to go there, but if, if you sin, if you miss the mark, if you confess your sin, he says, he is faithful and just to cleanse you from all, listen to this, all unrighteousness. Doesn't mean that you keep going with it and that you don't have to repent. Of course you do. You've got to get cleansed from this and let, let the wound get healed. But establish righteousness again in your heart that your righteousness is based upon Jesus and His righteousness. How righteous is He? Everything you need. Everything. Hallelujah. There's such a beautiful spirit in this room right now that I, I, I almost, uh, I got to watch what I say because God's spirit is very, very present here right now. I believe God's speaking to people in this room. You know where you lost your peace. It's where you lost your righteousness. And right now, I want you to see that God's, God's aware of it, and I want you to let him pull the arrows out of your heart. Just let him pull those out. Quit blame shifting, blaming other people and circumstances, all the rest of it. Just 
I want you to see him. Only he can do that. He's restoring that breastplate so that it works. He's, he's establishing that, the revelation of righteousness so that you can keep your peace and get the peace back into your life, the very presence of God, so that you're not standing on your own, but you're standing in him and he's standing in you, the cornerstone of Christianity. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for people here in this room and anybody watching on YouTube. I just thank you right now, Father, anybody listening to a podcast of this, that right now they would be able to identify where their righteousness got pierced, where your heart got pierced. Let God deal with that now. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Some it's just offenses have got in there. You've been attacked. You didn't let Jesus stand big on the, on the inside of you and stand up in Him. You tried to stand in yourself and your reputation and working things out in your own ability as if He really didn't exist other than a name Christian. Father, I thank You right now. Do business with Your people. If you don't know Him, I'd like to give you an opportunity right now to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. I do this pretty well as much as I can every time I preach. This is the most important decision that you'll ever make so that you don't have to stand before him in your own righteousness and see if you're good enough or not that he stands with you. He's your advocate. He's your defense attorney, if you will, but he's also the, friend, the, the son of the judge. So the courtroom is stacked in your favor. So if that's you right now and you don't know him, and just be honest. If you're away from him, just be honest. This is between you and him, so let's mean business during this time right now. There is nothing complicated about this at all. Just a simple prayer. We pray it pretty well the same time every time, but it's not a formula. It's just a heartfelt prayer to ask him into your heart, to give him your life. To exchange your unrighteousness, in other words, what's not right with you, to exchange that for what is right with Him. If you'd like to do that right now, we're going to pray this prayer, and we, we all probably need to pray this together. So say this after me. Say, Dear God, I come to you with no excuse, not on my own rightness, but I accept your rightness. Jesus, I give you my life. I thank you. I receive that right now. Your righteousness. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.